Hello, welcome to the second episode of Idea of the Week podcast. I'm Dan. I have Bernie with me. Uh, hey, this hey. is a podcast. Hey, hey. <laughs> this is a podcast uh, where we talk about uh, new business ideas that we come up with. Uh, me and Bernie have been friends for a long time. And uh, in our phone conversations, we off- we often riff about different business concepts that we come across and kind of figure out uh, new solutions and stuff like that that are pretty creative and out there. And so we wanted to sort of um, record these ideas to keep them uh, so we don't forget them. We often forget some of our best ideas. So that's what this <laughs> podcast is all about. And to sort of share our ideas and concepts to other people and engage other people um, to see if we can't, you know, figure out something that's going to work as a real business eventually. Um, so Bernie, I think, had a good idea this week that we're going to focus on. So Bernie, why don't you sort of walk us through um, that concept of that idea and we can start start working through it. Yeah, totally. I think I think the process is half half the joy of these conversations and yeah. trying to see not where we begin, but where we end up. So yeah. uh, let's let's start with this concept that I'm about to explain and then see where it goes. Yeah. So I watched a movie two weeks ago. It was a great documentary. It was about a guy and a friend, somebody who would eventually become his friend, who essentially climbed this impossible route on this mountain cliff called El Capitan. And I thought the story was incredibly inspirational and I wanted to reach out to one of the individuals and let him know how sharing his story with the audience on Netflix has really inspired me and has encouraged me to think bigger about my goals and and the sort of physical and mental feats that I would like to overcome. And I looked him up online and I came across uh, sort of like a portfolio page, which was his first name, last name.com. And it had a nice contact me section and I just wrote him and I told him how I felt. And after I wrote him, I started thinking, well, you know, this is kind of interesting being able to write somebody like him. And I'm really looking forward and hoping that I get a response. But either way, I'm happy that I just expressed myself. It was sort of cathartic. And I was thinking how many people are out there on an everyday basis who see something, watch something, interact with something, read about somebody where they want to reach out and just connect whether the person reaches out or not, it's sort of like an ability to send fan mail or let somebody yeah. know how, how you feel or an idea that was sparked because of something that they did. Uh, and I just thought, you know, this is really distributed right now. It forces somebody to really have to search and hope that somebody has a web page that also says, hey, contact me. Uh, feel like maybe there could be a better way. Yeah, I think, think? I think it's an interesting concept because uh, now I'm thinking about like different ways that people self-advertise, right? Especially if they're in the sort of, um, in any space, but like entertainment space specifically or a performer or something like that or a producer or something. Um, you know, you think about like what are the traditional paths right now to connect with somebody in any business sense if it's like somebody you don't know at all you're really fascinated about what they're doing and you want to talk with them if they're up for it. Right. So like traditionally now it's, it's LinkedIn and as much as LinkedIn has been, I mean, it's been wonderful for me. I've gotten 
I would say most of my jobs over the last 10 years through LinkedIn by connecting with a mm-hmm. business owner or CEO. Uh, in fact, I think my last three jobs, four jobs were through LinkedIn. Um, I didn't know these people. I just reached out and said, Hey, I love what you're doing with your company. I just want, I would love to talk to you about coming to work for you. And, um, that, that tends to work pretty well, but I will say that over the last probably 10 years of doing that, um, LinkedIn and that whole concept has just become very sort of, what's the, it's like kind of convoluted. Now there's all these salespeople on LinkedIn, that whole, the specialness of LinkedIn, it has been completely lost, right? Yeah. Uh, and that genuine connection, um, I can, I can tell you like how I came to, to Bonobos was through LinkedIn. And this is like way back in the day, this would have been 2010. Um, I LinkedIn messaged Andy Dunn, who's the CEO of Bonobos and one of the founders with Brian Spaley. And I said, Hey, Andy, God bless his soul. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and I said, Hey Andy, you know, I'm loving what you you're doing at Bonobos and, uh, I would love, I was living in Portland, Oregon at the time. And I was like, I would love to come work for you. And he's like, dude, this is so cool. Thanks for reaching out. Let me have you talk to somebody else. And that person I think was, was John wrote. And so he sort of, but we connected, he was like, this guy's super interested. And it got me in the front door. And it was like, that was pretty rare back then. It felt like, um, now it's like, how would you ever at a newer company? Like, how would you ever connect with somebody? You know? And I think LinkedIn is yeah, just, I th- just I so crowded. You- I think you hit on some really important points there. And just to let our audience know, Dan and I met at Bonobos. Yeah. And I sort of had a similar path to Bonobos as well. I, uh, I reached out to, to somebody on LinkedIn at Bonobos who was the, the CFO. And I had originally reached out to be I don't know, a finance analyst or something like that. I, I came from banking, so it seemed like a natural transition. And I went back and forth with this individual on LinkedIn. That job didn't work out, but it, eventually when I did apply through sort of the formal website apply here process, there was already an awareness of who I was because of that LinkedIn conversation or introduction that I had made. So I, I think you're absolutely right where, where LinkedIn used to have that power and that sway. And it seemed seemed kind of natural to, to yeah. connect with people. It actually seemed somewhat entrepreneurial. And, and now it's just become sort of the cesspool of recruiters and salespeople. And, hey, let me let me redesign your website and let me sell you leads and let me find you your new best hire and let me help you find a new job. It, it's just become really not creative at all. It's sort of a, like the Facebook for recruiting and sales. It, it got, um, you know, it's, it's interesting the way you said that because like it, who took over LinkedIn, right? Sales people. Yeah, exactly. Salespeople and recruiters, right? It was like all of a sudden now there's this layer of people between you and the the creator or you and the founder and you with the person who had the spark to start the company. And now it's just like layer upon layer upon layer. And you can't ever get to those people. The conversations on LinkedIn are just super stilted and like corporate speak at this point. 
Well, they're automated in many instances, right? Like yeah. you, you, you know that recruiters are sending this a thousand messages, the same ones to to people in your space in your field. They don't really care about you as an individual. They just have an understanding of like the title of your role or the company that you work at, and they're just blasting you because all they have to do is pay for a premium account and premium messaging and whatnot and out out it goes and and that's also like the other thing with regard to sales and recruiting that makes linkedin it's very transactional right like it's it seems almost too complex or, or not genuine to reach out to somebody on linkedin and say hey you inspire me i would love to buy you a coffee i mean that doesn't happen anymore i feel like maybe 2009 2010 these types of conversations oh, were much more likely to happen. And there's no, I, I just don't sense that there's a space for that, but also like thinking outside jobs and sales. Sometimes you might just want to reach out to somebody like I did and say, Hey, I saw this, you were part of that and you inspired me. It, 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 where, so, where, where can you do that? Well, I think that you bring up a super, a really important point and a point that I think a much bigger point that has been sort of lost in the startup world in general. So if you think about startups in general and that culture, especially the one that was created out of like the 1960s, 1970s in California and still exists to some degree out there a little bit is this sort of really communalism where in the startup world, it's not necessarily about like cutthroat competition with each other. It's about like creating something new, uh, you know, being in a community of creators and there was like a sort of intimacy to that and authenticity to that community that existed, um, you know, especially when Silicon Valley started to really take off. Um, and that happened in New York for a moment. Like I think right around when we got up Bonobos, like 2008, probably to like 2013 ish, 2014, there was that moment in the New York startup scene where it kind of felt like that where you could talk to anybody at any other company, any other startup. And like, it felt like you were in this group of people maybe. And it, mm-hmm. it felt very communal. It felt like you could sort of talk with anybody about anything. And it was about, um, trying to build something new. Uh, you're doing project a, I'm doing project B. It doesn't matter. Like we're still trying to build something new. We're not working in finance or something like, you know what I mean? Especially in New York, where the startup scene was very kind of isolated and insulated in that sort yeah. um, And that got lost pretty quickly. I remember going to some companies um, after I'd left Etsy to do interviewing. I won't, I won't say what they are, but um, the vibe had changed completely. And this sort of mirrors, I think, the, the evolution of LinkedIn from this way to connect with genuinely like-minded people in an authentic way to corporatism. Right. Like, and it happens yeah. very quickly where I went into this company, uh, to interview and this would have been 2014, 2000, yeah, 2015, I think actually. And so probably five, six years from when I had started, moved to New York and joined the startup scene there. And it was like, I was on a different planet. It was like, I was interviewing at like IBM. It was <laughs> so stiff and corporate and we, it, I thought it was super weird. Um, and the whole point of this is that like, there is this natural evolution 
of things where um, you go from, if you think about it, you go from like this, like having coffee with another founder uh, or maybe you're not a founder. Maybe you're interested in their company and you just connect with them and chat with them. And then all of a sudden five years later, you're not meeting with them. You're meeting with like an admin assistant, like 10, 10 rungs down the ladder who doesn't care about you. And is like, you know what I mean? Like it's like a totally different, it becomes totally. a totally different vibe. And I think that's what I, LinkedIn happened to LinkedIn, essentially. And I think also that shift that took place, it, it became more about what's your title, which is like very New York. Yes. Uh, that's just corporate culture. What's your title? What investment bank or consulting company did you use to uh, work don't, at? Don't, and, even, don't even get me started on that. Man. And, and like where that. did you get your, and where did you get your MBA? And if you're not part of that scene or it's part of that crowd. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's fine for that click to exist, but it doesn't necessarily embody the, the, the ethos and the culture that you are trying to cultivate by reaching out to somebody. Yeah. So I think, I think in this conversation and ideation that we've just had, we've, we've decided that LinkedIn had a place once upon a time for yeah. this sort of organic communication to take place and this excitement and to share ideas and to meet people and, and connect, but that doesn't exist anymore. So what can exist or where, where can this sort of idea go to move into a place for for people who are like-minded share ideas maybe share experiences are inspired by one another How, like what what would be the best way for for people to connect at, at, at a at a scalable way and i and i will add right like another dimension of this whole sort of connecting with people there some people have like if you think about like hollywood and music and celebrity there's people who have agents right like oftentimes you can't even get through directly to individuals so like the agent is you you could maybe put them on the equivalent of like an admin assistant right like somebody's going to screen that email and make sure that you're worth the person's time Uh, but how, how can you like organically connect with this diverse group of people and share share those ideas and thoughts and inspiration yeah, exactly. It's like, how do you, how do you, first of all, how do you connect? And then how do you make that, um, that conversation authentic? And so that's the real question is like, what do we mean by that? What does authentic mean? And like that it's super hard to describe, but it's really easy to see and pick up on if you're having an authentic conversation with somebody, right? If you, if I reached out to a company right now and said, and I was really interested in what they were doing. And uh, I talked with the founder, you could, I could tell within three minutes, is, is this an interview or is this a conversation between two people? Right. Yeah. An authentic conversation about building the company, trying something new, being out there. Um, you know, I think what's the one point I want to respond to when you brought up sort of how things have become MBA'd in, in a way, like the startup world. Um, yeah. What I find so bizarre about that is the startup culture that I grew up on and sort of knew well, and even like the stereotype of the California startup culture was you start your business in your garage, you never finished college, Uh, Steve Jobs never finished college, Bill Gates never finished college. Uh, These people had no 
um, official sort of stamp of approval from society. Right. And they were outsiders. And like that to me was always, I think one of the draws to the startup culture and building something new is that you're thinking, I hate that thinking outside the box, but like, that's literally what they were doing. They were building companies outside of corporate structures. They were, they were, I think acting authentically on their ideas in their own space and willing to be sort of mavericks and iconoclastic and just go out there and do it. How does that jive with like going to Harvard and then going to uh, the business school at Dartmouth and then working at Bain and then going to work at a company? How does that even remotely relate to that? That's a whole side rant that, I just had to go on, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Because ultimately they're in that and sort of the MBA track. There are all of these sort of barriers that you are putting up between taking a risk between you and taking a real risk and doing something new. Totally. Right? Because with right. an MBA, there's already an expectation of what you're going to do after, right? Like there's, you, yeah, there's why would you get an MBA if you're not going to, if you're not going to raise 10 million, if you're not going to work at an investment bank, if you're not going to go to BCG or Bain, like, yeah. what, why are you doing it? And there, there's a few people that I've seen who, who sort of struggle with that idea of like having invested so much in their education and then taking the leap and, and pursuing the unknown. I've seen people do it, but they, I, I've spoken to them, but they struggle greatly yeah. with, uh, you know, the expectation of what they do with it versus what they want to do. Uh, yeah. but yeah, like the, these people have their, their like own, their own channels, right? Like generally a lot of times people say the reason they get their MBA is not for the education. It's for the relationship. hundred percent heard that by most people get their MBA. Yeah. And I agree, like relationships are everything, but how, how, how do you democratize the ability to build relationships where you're not paying for, for like a premium message to like a yeah. founder on LinkedIn? Like, yeah, how do absolutely. you, how do you, how do you do that for people who are genuinely interested in each other's craft and each other's art and each other's expression? Yeah. How, how, how do we get there? I mean, is it, it like, it, do we have to like, let's think outside the box. Like, do we yeah. have to cut technology out of it and create like a coffee shop that's meant for mingling? Like, is that, yeah, this is good. <laughs> that reminds me of, um, the, the creamery in San Francisco, I think is one of those places where like, they just, if you go and hang out there, you're going to run across, you know, everybody in the startup scene essentially. So that's definitely an option. You think like now, like how would you connect to somebody? Like let's say throw, LinkedIn's gone. Let's just assume that it's out. Um, you have what social media, you have Twitter, you have Facebook, you have Instagram there. Yeah. there I think in those connections and, and reaching out to those people there, you know, there's definitely niches that you can get in and connect with people, but it does kind of feel like a lot of static, right? Especially like Twitter it feels yeah. like it's like 99% and you have static. To and you have to like really fluff the person up. You have to be like, Hey, love what you're doing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so you have to be like a, like a super fan to, to draw the attention of these individuals. Although I will say what's really interesting. There's some people who are 
sort of experts in their in their own domains and they might not be social media personalities and still have social media profiles and sometimes those are the most exciting ways to reach out to people Uh, i i can speak from experience when i was running my chocolate subscription service back in 2012 to 2014 i reached out to one of the co-founders co-creators of the meatball shop yes which is a pretty popular restaurant in the city Um, i will confess i've gone vegetarian (laughs) since (laughs) but essentially on a twitter exchange we agreed to barter a, a box of craft chocolate for an evening at the meatball shop uh, so it was really cool, right? It was sort yeah. of like a, Hey, we met online. We're going to take this offline. We're going to barter some chocolate for some meatballs, which I thought was a pretty good exchange. Yeah, and good exchange. we just yeah. talked about business and the challenges and the opportunities and the people we're meeting. And just, it, it was amazing. I've, oh my God. So you know, it's gotta be amazing. Yeah. And, and this turned into sort of a friendship and we we met up several times more over over the those years. And, you know, I just felt like, well, if it wasn't for Twitter and the fact that this co-founder of the meatball shop wasn't yet like a celebrity chef, like I would have never been able to reach out and say, hey, let me grab dinner with you. Like, that'd be weird. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's like and so Twitter. Yeah, Twitter feels like it's not like a path now for most people right like it just it feels like you could maybe but like you know if someone's got like 100k followers they're getting bombarded with stuff constantly so what is it is it is it a website is it uh, a no a new social media i feel like social media networks are kind of just like played out on some level and i like the concept yep. of it but like remember um there was this really exciting moment i want to say this is 2014 so five <laughs> years ago when Ello launched, I think that's what it was called. E L L O. Do you remember this? Vaguely. So Ello is like this new social media um, thing. It was like there was like problems with Facebook, like there always are. And someone's like, I'm, you know, screw this. Like, I want to create a new platform just for like cool people and creators. Oh, was it like they're going to be the like the new Twitter, Facebook? Yeah, exactly. I think I don't even know if it's still around. But for I like, I think so. It's called the yeah. It is no. I think it is. It's called the Creators Network. L O E L L O. Uh, it's still out there. It launched March 2014. I remember that. Um, and then there was like this buzz in New York City among people. It was like, oh, you want LO yet? Are you want LO? Kind of like when Facebook first launched when I was in college. It had that same sort of, you've got to be an LO like now. Um, and so uh, there's there has been attempts, right, to do something like this, which is more based on like creators or creative types where it decorporatizes the whole connection and communication part of it. Um, but I feel like they keep failing. Like Ello's not really around anymore. Uh, I think people still, there might be still some people on it, uh, but there's other things, I guess there's like, what else, what else could you connect on? Do people connect on Etsy? I don't know. Maybe. Um, <laughs> hey, I really like the stuff you are sourcing you from Alibaba. <laughs> 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 Tell me a little bit about your biz. Tell me more no, about I don't... your biz. Uh, yeah, I think there's, there's just something, I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty, uh, I got really discouraged by what I saw in New York uh, in the startup scene. Like, it was like, actually took that really hard 
because I had moved out there uh, from San Francisco, from or sort of Portland, Oregon, the West Coast, and to sort of dive into a startup world because I thought something special was happening in New York, and it was. Yeah. But it was crazy how quickly it moved on, right? Mm. And it got lost. Like, it got lost within, like, four or five years. And it was, like, mind-blowing how quickly it happened. Um, and so, like, I, the- I actually... Go ahead. I actually have to interrupt you because I just came up with a great idea. This yes, this often happens it. between yes. Dan and myself. <laughs> the spark. Dan was about to go on an emotional ramble about his <laughs> lost love for New York, uh, uh, and naturally, I had to cut him short. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got? Um, friends of friends. That's a that's a, that's oftentimes a great connector, right? Like, yeah, of course. Sir. I can talk to you, Dan, about something, and mm-hmm. you might say, "Hey, I have a friend who's in that space." Yeah. And you send an email intro, and all of a sudden, it's an easy way to connect with somebody. Yeah. Uh, I don't think anybody's ever scaled the idea of friends of friends. Of course, we can go back to LinkedIn and this idea of second connections. Yeah. But at the same time, like often often those second connections are pretty far removed on LinkedIn because everybody's not real connecting friends, with everyone. They're right, not real right. friends. Yeah. I have connections to people I've never met before. I have no idea who they are. I just say, yeah, whatever. <laughs> they probably tried selling you something. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I, I, and you know what? Like that, that, yeah, yeah. Keep going with this idea. I like this idea. Yeah. I don't, you know, there's like this thing, right? If you know somebody that's in a space and oftentimes this is a great joy, right? When you know somebody and you know that somebody else is interested in that space or in whatever it is and just being able to create like a genuine connection, like, Hey, I think you guys should meet or, Hey, I think you guys should grab coffee. That's fantastic. That, yeah. That's as good as it gets. You know what the idea the kind of building off that is? What if friends of friends, whatever it is, an app or something, um, what if it wasn't about building your connections, but like, you know, LinkedIn is a perfect example or Facebook. Oh, how many, how many friends do you have on Facebook? Like 500, how many LinkedIn connections do you have? Like 600. (laughs) What if it was the opposite? What if it was the opposite? What if we, you capped it and said, you can have 20 connections and that's it. And that's it. Wow. And you kind of have to decide. It kind of reminds me of like I think MySpace, like your top five friends or something. <laughs> I used to do this. But what if top, you said top like, eight? I think yeah, top eight. Yeah, you're right. What if you said yeah, that's fine, but like we don't want we don't want associate connections. We want friendship. We want people who that you talk to normally. We want people who you really know and trust and 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 uh, you know like a, a deeper friendship than uh, what what would be a LinkedIn connection or even a Facebook friend? Yeah. Um, like we want, like, it's like the dial a friend. Like you got to yeah. put your like 20, 20 dial of friends here. Like who, who would you call on? And it, uh, it, yeah. And, and also just leaving space, you know, it's not just about filling up the top 20 and then having like a revolving door. Correct. Sort of what yeah. my space's top eight turned into once you got rid of Tom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but having, making sure you leave space for new connections, right? It's not just about your, your closed circle. And these are my besties. It's rather an opportunity to say, Hey, you know what? These are my top 10 because they're near and dear to me, but I'm, I'm going to leave some space. I'm going to leave some room to foster and develop 
uh, further further relationships. Yeah, I hate this. It's sort of like uh, there was a concept in the online dating world um, that sort of used the friend of friend on Facebook. Remember this coffee meets bagel? Do you know this? Yep. Yeah. So um, I think does Hinge do this too? Maybe. Um, Not fam- so familiar with Hinge, but I, I know they, coffee they, meets bagel, right? But they use the friend of friend concept, but on Facebook, right? Like. I have mm. friends on Facebook that I haven't seen in literally 15 years when Facebook started. Like I, I just don't, you know? Uh, so I think that there, there's, there has to be a way. I think the concept will work. You just have to pare down, um, that group of people that people would consider a good friend. And then you know, what happens then is those connections and, uh, become more authentic automatically, automatically. It's more authentic. Because you yeah. have made people focus on people that are super important to them, right? And uh, and then like if you asked, like if you asked one of my friends who's in my is in my like ten connections, then I know them super well, and I know you super well, and then that way the connection feels it just feels I don't know, deeper in a way. Uh, more, and I think that like the the conversation you would have with this person would be more genuine and more authentic. Um, I don't know. I feel like they could work. Like, yeah, totally. Just, and I think it's important to to stray away from from a, sort of like a social media platform that just then turns into a quasi dating platform. Because I've seen <laughs> a lot of sort of ideas in this space, and it eventually, like these were all predecessors to like Tinder, right? They're yeah. like. Hey, you're close by. I'm close by. I work here. You work there. And it just became really awkward because people assumed that any sorts of any sort of conversations were like advances in like getting a date out of somebody. Yeah. And, and I sense that anytime you stray into that direction, you sort of have this spin to the bottom where once once you get like people who are just looking to meet people to date it's like game over so yeah this idea of like authenticity uh needs to exist and and making that clear and in the design and sort of what this is about um yeah there's something there yeah i think i think there's something there i think you the ways you do that it's like you like a double opt-in thing like I couldn't add you as a connection yeah. unless you said, yeah, absolutely. I'm flattered to be Nance connection. Um, and you sort of build in little, little sort of nuances in the process and selection process. And then, um, and then, yeah, I think there's like a really logical way that you can help build authenticity in these conversations. And I think that that, that would be a good approach. Um, I don't know. What about like, like a weekly, what about like a weekly, Hey, you should meet this person. Imagine we could use the sort of like friends of friends to see who hasn't connected yet. Yeah. And yeah. every week we recommend like a 15 minute conversation with somebody new and it, it, it just it goes do. onto their calendars and you accept it. And that's like part of the process, just like getting to know people talking about yourself talk, getting to learn about other people and just broadening your view of the world through other people. Yeah. I like that concept too. And it's like it, the thing about social interactions is not everybody is super cool. With just meeting and talking to a random person. Right. So if you formalize parts of that, like, 
you say, hey, you know, you should connect with Bob, who's friends with Bernie. I was like, I don't know who Bob is. And it's like, hey, we're going to set up, you know, if you want to connect, you thumbs up. If he wants to connect, he puts thumbs up. And then we just schedule like a 15 minute, 20 minute phone conversation where it's almost like a guided conversation a little bit. And maybe this is not the right path, but this is how I see it. Uh, And that gets people to feel more comfortable with like, hey, this is a process. We know what's going to happen. There's not a lot of social, um, this, it reduces social anxiety, which is what a lot, why a lot of people don't reach out and don't talk to other people because they're totally. nervous about it. They they don't know which way it's going to go. They don't know what to talk about. Um, what if they hate each other, you know, stuff like that. So if you like formalize different parts of these connections, I think it will really help ramp up um, because there's a lot of people that would really benefit with connecting with other people and they just don't because it's not organized. They're kind of worried about connecting so they don't know. I don't know. There's a lot that you could do with it, I feel like. Yeah, and one of the things that I have noticed in sort of the, the present state, when you reach out to somebody or somebody reaches out to you, there's almost like a transactional expectation of that conversation, which always turns into, it starts with the small talk. Hey, how's it going? How's the weather? How's your weekend? And it turns into, so what can I do for you? And the reality is like, fuck you. You can't do anything for me. I'm just interested in learning more about your space. Or I, I thought speaking to you would be somewhat inspiring. Maybe we could learn from each other. But then it turns into this, what can I do for you? It's like you, and you kind of want to tell them you can't do anything for me. I'm not asking, I didn't want to talk to you because you can do something for me. Well, so I think yeah, this, I, I yeah idea of like formalizing it just a little bit with like a few prods a little bit yeah a little bit will just reduce that anxiety of like showing up with something of value for somebody it's oh, not dude, it's I not about that, showing yeah. up with value it's just showing up with with your inner self right like yeah. your open honest self there's no like remove those barriers you're not on an interview you're not looking for a job you're it's not, not a business for a deal date. you're not looking for anything you're just looking you're just looking to meet somebody yeah. like somebody who might be like-minded maybe and, not like-minded and i think at the end of the day like that's what we're striving for we're striving for creating a connection between two people that have similar interests and similar passions and that's it and whatever comes from that comes from it it could be business it could be friendship could be love you don't know right and um yeah i think that's the big difference between what exists now and and what this new platform or new concept could do it is about it's about just connecting people and nothing else and i think that's i think that's the idea right for sure. Maybe, maybe by next week, it, we should make it our goal to see if we can connect with one person uh, that's sort of net new. Yeah, let's do it. I'm in. And, and see what that process looks like and, and how it feels. And yeah. uh, we, can, we can sort of recap that, that experience in next week's episode. Let's do it. This has been a good episode. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, folks. This has been the Idea of the Week podcast with Dan and Bernie. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening.